Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Amen. Amen. The Lord is so good. And I was obviously standing there as my wife gave the report of today's been our first time streaming from Chicago to Philadelphia. Only God could raise up two churches, hallelujah, in two separate cities and make us one. Come on, let's thank God for what he's doing. Hallelujah. Supernatural, powerful, wonderful. It's so great to be part of what the Lord is doing. And, you know, today I am really excited to be covering the last message in what I'm calling the first layer of the Learn, Live, Give journey. Now, if I were to be honest with you, this is a quite a challenging series, and it's multi-layered because it's not that simple, okay? Um, today, it really comes together for us, but it's not that simple because, first of all, our hearts and life is complicated, Secondly, it's not that simple because while we're in this life, sometimes embracing kingdom principles and holding on to them to the point that we really start to experience the power and the glory of God, it's not just like that. It takes focus, it takes concentration, it takes surrender. What we're talking about right now at the beginning of the year, it's deep and it's very close to what I would say are complicated hearts and lives. And so I wanna encourage you to really pay attention and I, we prayed this morning and in a moment I wanna pray as well, but, but here's, here's what I, I, we asked the Lord to do. We ask the Lord to give all of us a mind for eternity. It's so easy just to think about the here and the now. But we're not living for the here and the now. How many know this is not our home? Heaven is our home and Jesus is coming back for his bride and we are the bride of Christ. Anybody hungry for that day? Oh, come Lord Jesus. And so I'm praying for God to do something supernatural. I'm praying that he would lift us, give us the mind of Christ, give us thoughts about eternity, give us thoughts about the day when we arrive to heaven. Longing to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because truly, we're just passing through. How do you know we are just passing through? Come, Lord Jesus, come. Hallelujah, yes. Come on, hallelujah. If you're like, I don't want to go, you should, then you don't really know. You need revelation. There's a joy, there's a peace, there's a freedom, there's a life that we will never even get close to understanding on this side of glory. Hallelujah. That's the greatness of the promise of God. 
We, don't, we can't even scratch the surface. No moment of joy or pleasure or anything even scratches the surface of our eternity with Christ. We're going to be transformed and renewed in every single way. And so I'm praying for that because for, for what I'm talking about at the beginning of the year, what I want to focus on, even next week, it's really about living for the King of glory. And as we go into... It's learn, then live, and then everyone give. Learn, live, and give. That is the complete cycle of growth for the Christian. How do you grow as a Christian? You learn, you live it, and then you give it. You don't learn it and then give it. Okay? You live it. We back up what we believe with life. Somebody say amen. How many believe that's the way it ought to be? We don't just talk it. We live it. We walk it, amen? How many want to walk it, not just talk it? That's the journey of God for his people. And so we have two key verses for today's message. The first comes from John chapter 15, verse 8. I've got two translations uh, for you of the same verse. The Bible says, My Father's glory is shown... By your bearing, everyone, much fruit. So my Father's glory is shown by your bearing much fruit. And in this way, you underscore, ready, become my disciples. To them that believe, he gave them the power to become. Part of the becoming process is not that you just go to church a lot. Okay, part of the becoming process is that there's this ongoing transforming process through the learn, live, and give journey that people look and say, that right there is a real follower of Jesus. That woman, that man, even though they're in that position, that person really follows Jesus. How many want to bear fruit for the glory of God? We're called to bear fruit for the Father. And so here is what it says in the ESV. By this, my Father is glorified. We're talking about eternity today. We're talking about heaven today. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And watch this. And so prove to be my disciples. How do you tell a Christian they bear fruit for the Father's glory? Fruit bearing is a major form, a major expression of giving. When someone is bearing fruit, that is the true blue expression of that complete learn, live, bear fruit, and give. So in other words, fruit for the Father is the ultimate goal. Fruit for the Father is the end goal of the learn, live, and give journey. Why are we on this planet? Why are you here? What is your purpose? Let me tell you what our purpose, each and every one of us, we are called to bear fruit for the Father. 
We're called to, to bring the Father glory. Everyone, nice and loud, say fruit for the Father. Fruit for the Father is what this is all about. Fruit for the Father is what really counts. You can have your dreams and you can have your goals, but what really matters in the end when we stand before God is did we bear fruit for the Father? Does somebody here want to bear fruit for the Father? God calls us to bear fruit for the Father in 2023. And I'm praying that the Lord would grip our hearts and open our eyes so that we could focus on bearing fruit for the Father. That's what it's all about, is bearing fruit for the Father. It's fruit for the Father is, is a, a, a billion times better than any success or any achievement you and I might believe that we can attain. You know, I said this at the end of the last service, but it's so on the surface of my heart and my mind, I want to say it now. Um, as, even as we start this, look, I had a, a friend, he's actually gone home to be with the Lord, but he was a hair cutter for movie stars and models. Um, I mean, like all of these famous people, all of these supermodels, uh, uh, you know, like all of these famous people, he cut their hair. They would fly him all over the world for a haircut. And he told me a story once. So I'm not going to say the name. But if I said the name, every single person in this room would know who I'm talking about. One of the most famous people in the world right now. Okay, quite controversial. So here's what he said. So I went, it was a man. I went to his house. And when I got to his house... Uh, he lived in a, a huge high-rise, and he actually owned the whole floor. He said his living room was so big, you could play tennis in it. And every room literally had million-dollar works of art on the wall. Like a Picasso or, or this, like original, million dollars. And before I cut his hair, he, he said, look around or whatever. And he said, and so anyway, I ended up cutting the man's hair. But he says, you know what my biggest takeaway was from the whole experience? You ready? He said, it was one of the most loneliest places I had ever been in in my life. And Why? It's because you can have all the trappings of success. But I'm telling you right now, if Jesus is not there in the end, it really doesn't matter. How many want to bear fruit for the Father in 2023? And so we're talking about fruit for the Father. The title of today's message is Give. And what are we giving? We're giving out the fruit that the Father grows from our lives. We want to give fruit for the Father. And when we're really living for God, there's this never-ending process of us bearing fruit. It's part of our becoming journey. Now, the way to fruit-bearing is by experiencing the abounding grace of God. Thank you. you don't bear fruit 
for the Father out of your talent, your, your strategy, your intelligence, your gifting, your resources. We don't bear fruit for the Father like that. We bear fruit for the Father through by experiencing the abounding grace of God. Let me, let me uh, show you again a couple of same verse, but in two different translations. The Bible says, and God is able. And God is able. Whatever you find your fe- yourself uh, facing today, how many know God is able? You might be in a deep, deep struggle as you're listening online. I'm telling you right now, God is able. You might find yourself in the ditch of ditches in this life right now, but God is able. He's able to do what? He's able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good way. How many know God is able? Grace is God doing for you what you cannot do for yourself. You might be stuck. You might be broken. You might be shattered. But everyone, God is able. Your marriage might be on the rocks. Your mind might feel totally destroyed. But brothers and sisters, God is able. Where sin does abound, grace does even more and more and more abound. God God is able. God is able. And when God does something, it's grace. It's grace. It's not that we deserve it. It's that he freely gives it. Now look at this mess. Look at this in the Amplified. It says, and God is able to make all grace. Watch this. This is the amplified version. So this is amplifying the meaning of each sentence in a sense or each thought. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything being completely self-sufficient in him. Now, let me pause right here. As you grow in God, as you grow in God, you get to the place that you need less and less because you're receiving more and more from Jesus. The essence of being a giver in life, and I'm gonna tell you right now, the older you get, the more you're supposed to give. As you grow older, you're supposed to become more and more of a giver. If you're older and you just keep all of the toys for you, all of the stuff for you, me, 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 well, you're not even uh, scratching the surface of what it means to make a real impact. You're not really understanding of what it means to make a real difference in this life. The older we get, the more we grow, the more we should give. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Is anybody hearing me today? Okay, does anybody bear witness with what I'm talking about? 
God wants to turn us into givers because he's a giver. Not takers. You know, the one with the most toys wins. That's baloney. That's ridiculous. Imagine celebrating selfishness. That's what the world does. We are children of the light. We are children of the most high God. Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And his greatest characteristic is his generous heart of love. Jesus is a giver. How do you choose a God? How do you choose a savior? Choose the greatest giver. And that's who Jesus is. You see, and that happens as we become self-sufficient in him. He is more than enough. He can get you to the place where you really are singing. All my fountains are in you. All my hope is built on your love. There's a place where you can get to where you're like, Lord, you are really filling me and satisfying my soul. And you know what? The more you get from God, the less you need from people. You want to be easy to live with? Get more from Jesus. <laughs> okay? He delivers you from neediness. Come on, come on, somebody, somebody tweet that or do something with that. Right? It's true. Look, being completely sufficient in him, watch this and have an abundance for every good work and every act of charity, every act of love, every act of giving. God wants to take this year and fill fill us so much that we will have an abundance so that in every moment we're giving out of God's abundance to other people. God wants to make 2023 your greatest year of giving ever. But it's learn and then give. You see, it's learn, live, and then give. Look, here's a a quick review. I want to pray in a moment, but here's a, a quick review. Today, hopefully, all of this is starting to come together. And if you haven't listened to the last two messages, I want to ask you to please go back and listen. This is kind of the way we we are going to be trying to grow in the Lord as a church family. We're going to try to grow in the Lord. This is going to impact your marriage. This is going to impact your your professional life. This is going to impact your your educational life. This is going to impact everything about you if you yield to the ways of God. And so in the first message, we talked about learn, where Jesus invites us to put on the yoke. He says, put on my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So you put on the yoke and learn from me. That's where we get learned from. Learn is an invitation from Jesus. Jesus wants to be your teacher. Jesus wants to be your coach. He wants to have the Holy Spirit leading and guiding you every step of the way. So learn, then live. Live is practicing God's will, God's way. When you learn from God, things change. And then it takes practice because the old you fights with the new you that Jesus wants you to be. And so how many know it takes practice? 
And so, and then you live, and then the more you practice this, I'm gonna tell it to you in another way in a moment, but the more you practice God's will, God's way, then all of a sudden you start to naturally give. And give means you start experiencing what it means to walk in his abounding grace. You learn it, you live it, and then you give it. You give from an a place of his abounding grace. Here's what abound means very quickly here. Abound means abundant, plentiful, to have enough and more to spare. To have enough and more to spare. That's God's plan for your life. Okay, so here's what all of this is saying. Give me a second here. I've got a chart, and we've been covering this for the last couple of weeks. Okay, this is how learn, live, and give work together. So in the first, uh, first message of the series, we talked about putting the yoke on, right? The yoke is what they put on oxen, uh, in order to steer them and guide them to do the hard farm work. Jesus said, put my yoke upon you. But here's what he says. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And we talked about the fact that it's a lot more like a light, easy life jacket. So we went with yellow and blue today. We had red last time. And um, nice, right? Really matches. And so Jesus says, put on the yoke, okay? He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And then that's learn. And then you start to live. In live, living is time plus process. Ecclesiastes 8.6 says, there's a proper time and procedure for every matter, even though a man's misery weighs heavily upon him. The reason why we got barbells is if you've ever really worked out, and I mean really worked out, it's part misery. Okay? If you're working out and you're not sweating, guess what? You ain't working out. No, it's not, no. Yeah, work out, right? So, but here's what happens. Here's what happens. We put the yoke on, right? We put the yoke on, and then time and process comes, and we take the yoke off. You know, that's kind of hard. That's kind of difficult, uh, you know. And then what we do is we drift around, and we come to a point where we're, we realize, man, even if things are going well, I'm still feeling empty. And you know what, why that is? It's because you're not bearing fruit for the Father. You're not bearing fruit. And so sooner or later, Jesus is waiting. And listen, he's always waiting. Okay, you're like, yo, I took that thing off about 45 times. Guess what? He's always waiting. So here's what happens. So we put the yoke back on, right? Because here's what happens. We're like, man, I feel stuck. I don't feel fruitful. I don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel like I'm purposeful. I don't feel like I'm making an impact. I've tried this. I've tried this. I did the, the hot yoga where you sweat a lot. I did meditation. I did, you know, cooking classes. Nothing works. And you're like, you know, I tried people. I tried drugs. I tried drinking. I tried everything. Nothing works. 
And so Jesus says, guess what? I have a great idea. I have an invitation. Take my yoke upon me. Learn from me. So you put the yoke on and you start walking. Because time and process and strain builds new muscles for a new life. Come on, somebody say amen. Part of the goal of today's message and of trying to explain the clarity of what God wants to do in your life is to say this, don't take the yoke off. If you do take the yoke off, here's what you need to know. He's waiting. His mercies are new every morning. He's waiting. But see, what, what, what God is saying is, if you put the yoke on, and then you keep it on when it counts, sooner or later, you're going to cross over, and then you're going to start to know the flow of God the abundant grace of God. And people are going to be coming to you and they're going to be saying, what is, what is about you? Ah, could you help me? Could you pray for me? Could you, there's something about you. And you're like, it's the fruit. It's the overflow of the grace and glory of God. Does anybody want overflow in 2023? We've got to stick with his learn, live, and give journey for our lives. So look, I want to pray right now. You know, and I just want you to know, I feel like I need, it wouldn't even matter. This doesn't matter. But I just want you to know, you know, my wife and I, we've been through it. My wife has a, you read my wife's book? My wife has been through it. She grew up in the church. She still ran from God. And the Lord rescued her. I didn't grow up in the church, you know. I, I, I was, the first time I was really in a church, I was like 18 for the first time. And the first time I started attending a church regularly, I was 19 years old, a long time ago. But, you know, I didn't grow up in all of this. So I wasn't one of those church people, you know. And, um, and let me tell you something about Jesus. Jesus came down to be exactly where we are in the nitty-gritty of our lives. Jesus came to get down in the dirty of our lives and to pick us up and clean us up and wash us off and transform us and build us up and use us for the Father's glory, for the Father's glory. That is the plan of God. Hallelujah. So I want to pray right now that God would tear down the doubt that says God is not able. God is able to lift you up. God is able to bring transformation. God is able to change the way you feel, the way you think, the way you act, the way you walk, the way you talk, and bring glory to the Father from your life. From your life. Yes, from your life. And you're like, oh, I, I see how you could use that life, but not my life. Yes, from your life. Everyone say God is able. Hallelujah, God is able. So I would just want to pray a moment, you know, 
so that we could have a real like meeting with God. If you go to church to just be entertained, you're going to church for the wrong reason. I know we got to go to church to have a meeting with God. Anybody here want to have a deep meeting with God today? Hallelujah. So come on, like little children, lift your hands with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, everyone in the house, online, Father, in the name of Jesus, we open our hearts, we open our ears, we open our minds, we just open ourselves to you. And Father, we say, have your way. God, I pray that you would enable us to receive all of the grace that we need so that we can learn, live, and ultimately give just like you, Jesus. I thank you that there are men in this room who grew up And they come from generations, Lord, of men who were non-givers. But you're about to make them a giver that will bring transformation for the next generations until you come. God, we thank you that there are women in this room who instead of being built up, they were taken advantage of. They were hurt. They were used. But God, by your mighty power, you're going to come in with your abounding grace. You're going to heal. You're going to transform. You're going to build up. And they're going to be mighty like trees bearing fruit in season, oh God. They're going to be generation changers, oh God. We thank you that your grace breaks every chain. We We thank you that your grace surpasses and exceeds, oh God, every obstacle and enemy. And so God, bless us. Bless us to receive the word of the Lord. And God, there are special, unique applications for every person and the Holy Spirit is there with every person. And so help us, oh God, to receive it and apply it and then to learn it and live it and give it. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said. Come on, let's give God a hand for his goodness. So before I unpack what it means to really live out of the abounding grace of God, I wanna just say one more quick thing because this is kind of the, really comes down to one or the other. This is an extreme expression of it. But look, when we're children, it's a unique thing. The first time one of your children says, mine. You know, the first time your kid says, mine, they start saying mine for a long, long time. They go, mine, mine, mine. And they grab stuff that's not even theirs, and they still say it's mine. You ever notice that? Mine, mine, mine. That's, wait a second, those are my car keys, mine. That's what kids do. But then we grow up and we say, my life. And we say, my gifts. How did you get that? My gifts got that. Oh, really? You know, we say, my money. We say, my choices. We say, my abundance. My abundance. But let me tell you something. Our abundance 
is nothing compared to God's abundance. Come on, hallelujah. So we're shooting for God's abundance. We're shooting for God's abundance. An abundance that not just blesses you, but blesses everyone around you. Amen? So, what does this kind of giving, what what do we need to know about giving? Number one, giving comes from God's overflow. Giving doesn't originate in a human being. True giving, in the sense that we're saying, it comes from God's overflow. When we stick to Jesus' pathway, when we keep the yoke on, we end up in this place of overflow. There's an overflow. God's grace is able to cause you to abound at all times, in all ways, for every good work. Having everything that you need, but it is God's overflow. Amen? And so let me explain now once again how this learn, live, and give a uh, 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 pathway process brings us to overflow. Learn, live, and give is literally the pathway to overflow. And here's, here's how it works very quickly. So the first thing uh, uh, that happens is restoration. Everyone say restoration. restoration. The moment you put on the yoke, restoration begins. No matter where you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, the moment you put on God's yoke, okay, he immediately starts restoring you. He immediately starts to build you. How many know Jesus can rebuild our lives? How many know he can restore our minds? How many know he can heal our broken hearts? He can heal our sin-sick soul. The moment you put the yoke on, restoration begins. He's a God of restoration. And that's what happens. Okay, the moment you take it off, restoration paused. But the moment you put it on, restoration begins. Now, watch this. After, when you put on the yoke, after restoration, then something starts to happen. It's called revelation. Everybody say revelation. Revelation. So here's what it means. So you put the yoke on. Right? And you keep walking. And then time and process starts. Right? Now we know that time and process gets difficult, but here's what happens you've got the yoke on, and when the yoke is on, you get tempted to run. But you don't run. You say, Jesus, I don't want to face this fear. Jesus, I don't want to face this thing that I battle with. Jesus, I don't want to do it. But Jesus says, stick with me. Keep the yoke on. We keep the yoke on. And then as you keep walking by faith, here's what starts to happen. Revelation. He starts showing you answers that you never had. He starts giving you strategies that you never knew. 
he starts showing you a whole new way to live that you didn't even imagine was possible for you. And all of a, su a sudden, you start to walk in a new understanding of who God is and his power and the things that used to make you a slave, the things that used to knock you down and beat you up, those great giants, you start to face them because you have revelation and you start to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't have to give in to this thing. I can walk in victory. I can be a conqueror. Hallelujah, I can take this ground for my family and my children and my grandchildren. I can be on top of this thing. But it takes revelation. You see, so, so you put it on, but you got to keep it on. Everybody say, stick with Jesus. Part of the key to this year's, you gotta stick with Jesus. I'm telling you right now, you're gonna have moments where the devil is gonna whisper, your friends are gonna whisper, your flesh is gonna whisper, take the yoke off. But when that comes, say, absolutely not. I gotta stick with Jesus. I gotta stick with Jesus. Jesus knows the way. So you might be facing something that you're like, this is way beyond me. It is beyond you, but it's not beyond God. And he'll show you the way. Behold, I make a way out of no way. Where there's no way. I can part the Red Sea, says the Lord to you. I can part the ocean and you can walk through dry land. Okay, I can bring water out of a rock in the desert. I can feed you, not from the earth, but from heaven. I can make manna fall, and you will be fed, and you will not be forsaken. I said I will never leave you nor forsake you. How many know that's the God that we serve? That's the Jesus. That's who Jesus wants to be to our lives. But you got to stick with it. There's revelation, and then watch this. Re Everybody say restoration, restoration. Revelation. revelation, then there's release. Everyone say release. release. God's overflow ultimately brings release. Release is the fruit that flows from your communion with God. You see, there's a, there's a supernatural anointing. You know what? I love to see the anointing of God upon a, upon a child of God. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like seeing just a regular person because we're all just regular. I had a, my mother-in-law used to say regular, joking around. We're all just regular, right? If you look in the mirror and say, it's all good. I'm a child of God. You know, I'm a child of God. But God puts his hand on you. And when he puts his hand on you, he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond. Make you affect eternity itself. Imagine God wants to use you to impact eternity. You know? God wants to, you know, when I was a... When I was a kid and I lost my baseball career and I was kind of brokenhearted and actually the shortstop for the Cubs, Sean Dunstan, who I played with, I, I knew him since I was 10 years old. And so 
um, I don't, I've never really been one of those guys who battle with depression, but I did have a deep moment of depression. And that day was the day that Sean signed for like $18 million. I was like, come on, Lord, that ain't even right. You know, I remember that day, Sean signed 18 million, I'm over here and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, Lord. Like in Bible school or something, you know. And, um, and so I'm in front of Brooklyn Tabernacle one day. This was early on. And there's a guy in a phone booth and he's, he's had an army jacket on. And I, I don't know, something prompted me to talk to him. I started talking to him. He was homeless, and he wasn't all, he wasn't, he wasn't himself. So I took him right down the block, got him a couple pizzas. We ate pizza. It was Tuesday night. That's why I was there. We went to the prayer meeting. That night he gave his heart to the Lord. Turns out he had a gun on him, and he was going to commit suicide that day. So anyway, gives his life to the Lord. It's crazy because he was homeless. I couldn't tell you, I, I was still living with my mom, and I said to him, look, get on the train, and ride the train, because they're warm, ride the train until the morning, meet me over here at this time, I'm gonna try to call and get you into a program. So anyway, he gets on the train, second stop, um, Volunteers of America get on, they pull him off, they put him in a shelter that night, and everything starts, I didn't hear from him for three days, finally three days later, he calls me, says, you won't believe, I got into a shelter, ba 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 ba. So anyway, he starts on the discipleship journey, and I remember he got his first job selling um, the, when there's a fire, you spray the thing, what do you call that? Fire extinguishers. And then he got another job, and then all of a sudden he was breaking records and sales in this company, and he became like this. And I remember, not even when he became all that and had a family and children and serving God and all that, but I just remember when he started selling fire extinguishers and the Lord whispered into my heart and said to me, Al, how much money could, you, could have you made in the MLB? You know, was it 20 million? Was it 30 million? How much money could it have been? Right, you were at the, that level, right? How much money could it have been? Sean Dunson told me, Al, you're going to be really rich, just so that you know I'm not blowing smoke. He told me that. So, just to keep it straight. So, uh, <laughs> so, how much money? And whatever. And then here's what God asked me. This is a good question. He said, how valuable is just Tony's eternal soul? That changed it for me. After that, I never struggled with baseball, the loss of my baseball career ever again. That moment was the revelation that I needed. You see, some of us, we need a revelation of what it means to really live for God and the impact that we could really make. Because after that revelation, then God, as you stick with Jesus, things start to flow out of you. Things just, they, they just start to flow out of you. And you're not even aware of it, but God is changing people through your life. How many would love to see God change people for all of eternity through your life? Could you put your hands together? So look, just to, to nail this down real quickly, okay? I'm talking about real life. I'm talking about where the rubber of life meets the road. 
So look, at our church about, I don't know, let's say 18 months ago, I don't have the timing exact. I hired a guy, I knew him for a while, Pastor Jovan. I met Pastor Jovan, we went through this process and um, I'm like, he's so special. This guy will be a great shepherd. Something that I take very seriously. This guy will be a great shepherd for, to help oversee the flock of God here, like all the rest of these men are. I know that this guy loves the Bible enough. He loves God enough. He loves his family enough. And he will lay down his life for your people, God. That's how I pick Jovan. So, um, so he comes on month or so goes by, we go on sabbatical, we get back, and when we get back, Jovan has a meeting with me and says, hey, pastor, listen. He says, I'm having some stuff come up from my childhood. Please listen to me. Jesus is real, Jesus is powerful. So he says, some things are coming up from my childhood. And you know what? It's affecting me in all kinds of ways. It's affecting me to the point that I don't feel like I can give well. He goes, I'm not sure what to do, but like I'm, I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm having a, a hard time with my past. So we prayed, we talked, and we said, well, step down for a while. Okay, so he did. He didn't run. He didn't give in to shame. He didn't run. He came and he stood right here. We laid hands on him and we presented him to the church and said, brothers and sisters, Pastor Jovan is stepping down from being a pastor for a season. But he's still our brother. We are the family of God and we do life together. We lock arms and we do life together. We help one another. How many would say amen? Come on, clap if you believe that. Let's say yes, Lord. That's who we are. That's what we're about. We don't cancel people. That's the world. We don't cancel people. And so guess what? He stepped down. Literally, I said right from here, right from this, this spot right here. I said, he will not, he will be here, but he will not Pastor jo, call, be Pastor Jovan anymore for a season. Don't call him Pastor Jovan. He's not carrying that mantle right now. So four months go by, 120 days, he's doing, I'm talking to him, we're walking through, and he's doing so well. I mean, he's like doing the hard stuff. He's doing the hard stuff of life. And he's working through it, and he's facing stuff. He doesn't run, he sticks with Jesus. Everybody say, stick with Jesus. Sticks with Jesus. So month number five comes and he goes and, and we're talking and he starts to serve. And month number six comes he's, and he's on staff part-time. So now he's part-time. And then about 30 days ago, he says, Pastor, I'm feeling good. I'm ready. So now he's full-time and he's already bearing fruit and making a difference. And we, he is more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. How many know God is the restoration business? The revelation business, the release of his anointing. That's who God is. But you got to stick with Jesus. This is for everybody. This is for pastors. This is for marriage. This is for your professional life. This is for your private life. Just bring Jesus in and stick with Jesus. 
Watch the grace of God work. So, number one, giving, it comes from God's overflow. It's from his overflow. Here's number two, and then we're going to close. Won't be long. Here's what we need to understand about God's overflow. His overflow makes us able in all things. His overflow makes us able in all things. One of the things that you must leave here believing and understanding is this. God's overflow, the overflow of the grace of God is always directed towards our victory and impact. So here's a great question. Where do you need victory? God's not going to bypass you to use you. He's going to start with you. He's going to work in you. You understand? So some people, we live off of the satisfaction of doing something for someone else, but we're, we're feeling drowned down and empty. But no, God wants to give overflow so that you walk in victory. God wants to give us freedom. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Personal victory. So the, so the overflow of God is directed towards our personal victory. Where do you need victory today? Maybe you should write it down. Because maybe this is something that you need to be visiting in the first of the year. It's, there's a victory that God has for you. And his grace is the key to your victory. His grace is the key to our victory. Number two, where are you called to make an impact? Because everyone is called to make an impact. Go ahead and whisper. You don't even have to say that. Whisper it. Say, I'm called. <laughs> because you are. Okay. Let's say it a little louder. Ready? I'm called. Yes, you are. You're called of God. You see, and when it says he's able to make uh, uh, all grace abound, God's all, look, look at this. Here's what I want you to do as you're leaving. God's all is your whatever. Whatever you're facing, God's all is directed towards it. And we will get the victory. How many believe we will get the victory? We will bear fruit for the glory of God. But we have to stick with Jesus. Amen? Amen. So look, I just need to say one more quick thing and then we're going to close. Now, it would be wrong of me to preach a message like this and not to actually keep clear on the table that the grace of God is for the hard stuff of life. And sometimes walking with God is not easy. There are hard things on this side of heaven. There's hard stuff. If I just talked about the, the blessing and the this and the that and not, not prepare you for the fact that you do have to carry your cross. 
Not this. If anyone would follow me, he has to die to self and carry his cross. You got to carry a cross in this life. There are some, so offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. Climb on the altar and say, God, burn Al Toledo up. Oh God, I surrender myself to you. There is hard stuff in this life. But let me tell you something. Whatever we do for God, whatever we struggle for God, whatever we're persecuted for, if it's for Jesus, we will receive our reward. We will end up blessed and highly favored in the end. Because God is with us. Somebody say amen. But look, look at what the Apostle Paul said. I'm almost done here. He said, We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. He said, He said, We are perplexed. Sometimes you're like, What in the world is going on, Jesus? But not in despair. I won't give in to despair because I know God is with me, right? We're persecuted, but not abandoned. They're coming against me, Lord. They're coming against me, Lord. But I know I'm not alone. Struck down, but not destroyed. That's the way it is. There is a grace. There is a grace that God will enable you to give even during the hard stuff. Why? Because his overflow is directed towards your victory and towards your impact. So look, last, last example and then we're gonna close. I think everyone here has heard about the Titanic. Everybody know the Titanic? To the Titanic? You know, the big ship? Do you know when the Titanic was launched, right before it was launched, in 1912, I think it was, they put in the newspaper the ship that even God can't sink. How many know that was a bad move? <laughs> you know, that was a really bad move. It turns out that on the maiden voyage of the Titanic, it sunk. Okay, and let me tell you something. I don't believe that God sunk that ship, but here's what I do believe. I believe that when we mock the mercy and the protection and the grace of God, and he pulls back and says, oh, you think you could do this by yourself? How many know there's a lot of sunk ships of people's lives who think they can do it on their own? Do yourself a favor. Don't ever mock the mercy of God. Be thankful for his protection. Be thankful for his covering. Long for it and look for it. So anyway, first voyage, it, it hits an iceberg and it sinks. And I need to read this to you. So there was a, a man, his name was John Harper. There, there was a book about his life called The Titanic's Last Hero. Just listen to this. Harper was a Scottish pastor. He actually preached at Moody Church here the previous fall and was coming back to speak for a month long of services. When the Titanic hit the iceberg, Harper successfully led his daughter to a lifeboat. 
Being a widower, he may have been allowed to join her, but instead he forsook his own rescue, choosing to provide the masses with one more chance to know Christ. So since his wife died, he could have gotten on. They were asking questions like this. I don't even know how they were sorting this out. But while the ship was sinking, if someone said, I'm a widower, that meant with the women, with the children, they could get on the ship. But he chose not to. It says instead, Harper ran person to person, passionately telling others about Christ. As the waters began to submerge the, quote, unsinkable ship, Harper was heard shouting, women, children, and the unsaved into the lifeboats. So they were saying women and children, but he was saying women, children, and if you're not saved, jump into the lifeboat because you're not ready for eternity. You're not ready to face God. That's what he was saying. Then now there's a man with eternity on his mind. It's crazy. Listen to this. Rebuffed by a certain uh, man at the offer of salvation, Harper gave him his own life best, best saying, you need this more than I do. Up until the last moment on the ship, Harper pleaded with people to give their lives to Jesus. The ship disappeared beneath the deep frigid waters, leaving hundreds floundering in its wake with no realistic chance for rescue. Harper struggled through hyper, hyperthermia to swim to as many people as he could, sharing the gospel. Harper would eventually lose his battle with uh, hyperthermia, but not before giving many people one last glorious gospel witness. Here's a man with eternity on his mind. Jesus, put eternity on our minds. Put eternity on our hearts, Lord Jesus. A little bit more, listen. Four years after the tragedy, at a Titanic survivors meeting in Ontario, Canada, one survivor recounted his interaction with Harper in the middle of the icy waters of the Atlantic. He testified that he was clinging to ship debris when Harper swam up to him, twice challenging him with a biblical invitation to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. He rejected the offer once. Yet given the second chance and with miles of water beneath his feet, the man gave his life to Christ. Then as Harper succumbed to his watery grave. This new believer was rescued by a returning lifeboat. As he concluded his remarks at that Ontario meeting of survivors, he simply stated, I am the last convert of John Harper. Amen. Hallelujah. So look, I want to pray now, but let me say this to you. The end goal of learn, live, and give is fruit for the Father's glory. And you and I, we have our dreams and we have our desires and we have all of this. And you know what? God can give you that and more. But what does it matter if Jesus is not there? What does it matter if we live this life for ourselves and we don't live for eternity instead? I want to suggest to you that living for eternity is better. Would somebody agree with me today? Could somebody say amen? Hallelujah. 
Live for eternity. Live for Jesus. Live to bear fruit for the Father. Let 2023 be different. Because you wake up in the morning and you say, Lord, have your way with my life. I want to live for eternity. You won't have to be some kind of weirdo. You'll just be you. But Christ in you, the hope of glory will shine. It will flow and it will bless people. Hallelujah. You know, Christians, they, they barbecue at the end, of, you know, on Sundays or after church and their kids play basketball. We're not weirdos. We're just sold out to Jesus. Come on, let's be sold out to Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. How does all of this happen? I'm telling you right now. We have to surrender. Walking with God is saying, I surrender. Lord, I want to keep the yoke on. This year, I'm not going to run from the tough stuff. I'm not going to run from the difficult conversations. I'm not going to run from those things, those, those bombs I set off, and I've been avoiding that for years. No, God, where you lead me, I will follow. I surrender. Can I tell you, you've got to learn to say, Jesus, I give up, have your way. And when we do, watch out, because the power of God is coming. The restoration of God, the revelation of God, the release of God is coming. But we got to stick with Jesus.